In the last 14 months, we've sold over 3,100 pairs of shoes. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, great opportunity. Q4 is here, right? You're ready to buy. You're ready to sell. Uh, if you can look for some cash flow, uh, now might be a great time to jump back into RA at OA. Lots of people do it. There are some people that that's all they do. They only work this time of year, sell enough, and then take the rest of the year off sipping drinks on a beach in Bali. Well, anyway. Throw the outliers. Let's talk about the rest of us. <laughs> but if you want to add back RA in OA, then I have a great group for you. It's through Amazing Freedom, our friends at Amazing Freedom, my friends at Amazing Freedom, and it's Gay Lisby specific. She is an unbelievable teacher. And so what the deal they offered us through this podcast is two weeks free. So it's a two-week free trial. So there's no risk to you at all. So it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. That's it. Okay. You're going to get two weeks free. But here's the deal. If you sign up now, between now and uh, September 15th, so that's coming up in less than two weeks, by September 15th, if you're a subscriber and you stick through to Black Friday, you're going to get Gay's Black Gold List. Okay, so the beauty of it, it's a Black Friday list, right? If you've ever went out shopping in a Black Friday list, when you would send shoppers out, we'd go to a whole bunch of different places and you get those peak items. The great news now, you can order a bunch of them online too, which you also want to do. But to have a list in your hands, you go in, I buy these three items, boom, I'm out of there. Well, she gives you that list. And that is a list they sell. It's expensive. However, if you're a member and you're a member by September 15th and you stick your way through to Black Friday, you automatically get it for free. So you got to act fast. Try the two weeks. It's completely free. See what you get. Look at those daily fine lists and then say, huh, for the small fee it is a month, this is worthwhile for me, especially this quarter. Get somebody buying for you. Give them this list. This is what you're going to invest in. This is a simple testing tool for you to see, hey, is this something I could be good at? Man, invest now. Take the two weeks free and try it. I love it, love it, love it. And trust her 100%. She is such a teacher. Um, go check out our group. Okay, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. You know, the other sponsors I want to talk about is Seller Labs, Scope. And we just launched a new product. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, it's wholesale and private label combined for us, kind of a bundled thing that we do. Um, but I'm very excited because we use Scope to help me with the keywords because it's such a big deal figuring out the keywords. How are you going to rank for this? How do you rank for this? Well, guess what we do? We go like everybody else and we figure out what the top products keywords are. And then we use them also. That's what Scope allows you to do. And so it's such a great, great product for discovering profitable Amazon keywords. Um, you can even use it for finding products too. You can, with fee, cal sale calculations, all that stuff's included, right? And it's it's just a Chrome extension. Simple to use, simple to use. We use it. Um, if You can save 50 bucks by entering the code Momentum. So sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Enter the code Momentum. Save 50 bucks. That's real money. Save it, please. And finally, I don't want to miss Karen Locker's solution for e-commerce. The solutions, the number four e-commerce um, forward slash momentum is our link. Um, but Karen's been a sponsor of my show, I guess it's almost three years now, and it's been phenomenal. The people that uh, are still with Karen all those years, including me, I pay the same price you do. It's because the consistency. Um, so many times, I you know, I get these emails, hey, stranded inventory report, boom. I, you know, I, I look at it. 
but I don't have to do anything because there's a member of my team, somebody that we can count on to help my wife and I with our business so we don't have to pay attention to it. That's what I like. That's what I needed. And so solutions for e-commerce, Karen Locker, uh, her team, um, I get notes from all the time. I launched, uh, I think I talked about this last time, I launched a ton of products, the same product that I'm using Scope for. I send her, here are the images. Here Now we do the keywords. We do all that stuff up front. She does the flat files for me. Boom, they went in. It was perfect. No feedback. I don't have anything to change because it was done exactly as it was supposed to be. But I didn't have to mess with it. And it's not that I can't. It's not that I'm above it. It's just that it allows me now to focus on this other piece. And so when you're a small company like ours, when you have other people on your team working with you and working for you, it just makes the difference. And, you know, I've said it for three years. Again, I look for consistency over time. And Karen's given me that. Um, Is it perfect? No, Steve's never perfect. And so she keeps me um, on track and really helps us when we need it. And so it's been a great uh, relationship and I'm just so proud to offer it. Um, I'm very careful about these things and I'm so proud to offer it. So solutions, the number four e-commerce forward slash momentum, you're going to save 50 bucks and that's real money. Again, that's real $50 by using my link. You don't get that link anywhere else to save the 50 and she's going to do an inventory health report. Storage fees. Who got hit with storage fees, right? It just happened, right? Uh, Long-term storage fees. Now they're monthly, right? This quarter, they're going to be monthly. Well, by using Karen and her team, you can get that inventory health done. Boom, pull back what you don't need or put sales on it, whatever it is. Um, Karen also does work on eBay. If you want to bring your listings over to eBay using Joe Lister or any of the other products, she does that kind of work too. But you got to use my link, solutions, the number four e-commerce forward slash momentum, save the 50 bucks, tell Karen I sent you and make sure that you really understand all the stuff that you can get through her service. It's been phenomenal. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 339, Ryan Esberg and Lindsay Baldwin, Renzi. Yeah, this is a very, very cool couple who have figured out, gotten permission, didn't ask for it, took permission, I guess is the best way to say it. And they're giving you permission to look at another way to sell. Um, They do not sell on Amazon. They sell a little bit on eBay. They used to sell a lot more on eBay, but they said, hmm, we don't want the hassles that come with selling on eBay and the lack of respect and the lack of selling. Um, We would like more. And so therefore we want more. And so they have figured it out. They've Again, they don't ask for permission. They don't apologize. They just do it. Um, And they have made themselves a very comfortable living by design. They have designed their life around their business. They have designed their business around their life. And they are taking advantage, full advantage of that life. Walking that dog five times a day. That's important to them. Being with each other um, as much as they are is important to them. Living in the place that Lindsay has found for them by design is important to them. Spending time with their family, which who wouldn't want their kids to come and spend time with them, is important to them. Okay? Just imagine all that. Well, they're going to give you permission to think about some other things. And I think when you pull back and you start really looking at it the way they're talking about it, when you really sit back and say, hmm, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. How do I get it? Um, this might be a way. And I just think it's so refreshing to hear young people um, I sound like my grandfather, right? Young people today, but it's so refreshing to find young people that have figured that out. Man, as a dad, I'm I'm just proud of them. I'm so proud of them. Let's get into the podcast. 
All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about today's guests, plural, um, because a they're less than half my age and they're killing it for them, and they have figured out what they want to do for now. Um, and I'm really interested to hear why, because I just think that that at that age to figure it out or at least to have a plan to me is so smart and I just love it, love it, love it. Ryan Esberg and Lindsay Baldwin. Welcome guys. Renzi. Thank you. Thank you. Grateful to be here. Renzi. Okay. Ryan and Lindsay or Renzi. I mean, it's, it does make Perfect. it easy. Like, Hey, is Renzi coming? And then yep. the guys are like, yeah, I think he is. And the girls are like, well, yeah, I think she is. You know, it's got to cause some conflicts periodically, right? Every yeah. once in a while, the the public actually gave us that name, and we just ran with it. You know, you guys are um, YouTubers and new new YouTubers, but um, at least new to me, um, mm-hmm. and very instructional. Um, is it? Is that come from a, a a place of giving back because people have helped you? Is that where that comes from? Absolutely. Uh, it also comes from a place of what we generally generally like to do. We started uh, our Instagram and, and our YouTube channel as a way to connect with buyers and realized really quickly that it, we weren't very passionate about that. So we switched it to, hey, look, this is exactly how we're doing what we're doing. And we gained a, a bigger following. And it's just allowed us to enjoy the, the growth process. And of course, when you're putting out what's working for you, People always uh, respond with, hey, I've tried this that may help uh, in this process, and it's allowed us to grow as well. So it wasn't an intent to get help, but that's the benefit, right? That's, and, and, and it's just you're winning because others are saying, hey, that's great. Sharpen the pencil a little bit further this way, and maybe that'll help you a little more. Yeah, we've opened up the door. We're extremely transparent. We don't leave anything out uh, when we're talking about how we're winning and and what we're doing to improve. And because we've opened that door and shown that transparency, a lot of people are grateful and they've also they feel comfortable knowing that uh, we're we've opened that door to saying, hey, uh, you know, you're doing 200 plus pairs a month. Uh, I'm doing 500. This is how I've done it, and it's it's just a really good feeling uh, knowing that it's the, there's value being traded back and forth. Yeah, and and it also helps you know that oh, then you mean it's possible to get there. So the boundaries get a little bit further every time. What's interesting to me too is you said something that I think is very powerful. You're aware, or you've become aware that the selling piece of it isn't your love. Um, to selling to the buyers or communicating with the buyers. I think that's a very powerful thing to figure out because there are some people who are gifted in that, right? Those those people who can write the jingles or who can write commercials, they're just gifted in that, right? But yep. that's not you. That's big to be aware of that. I think self-awareness is one of our biggest, uh, most powerful traits, whether in, in all aspects of our business. I mean, obviously the practicality is you have to be good at selling items. You have to be good at finding value in one place and putting it in another marketplace where you can make an income to live. Uh, But when you're self-aware about what process you absolutely love to do, you pour gas on that and then fill in the blanks uh, with the processes that you're not as passionate about. And is your goal to live, is your goal to excel financially, uh, um, mental health, physical health, relationship health, spiritual health? I mean, what is it? What is the goal? I think I think one of the things you just said that's super important to us is mental health. Um, time freedom is, is, is up there in the top two. 
but our mental health, our mental uh, stability, you know, are we enjoying our days, period? Um, and we always are thinking about that as we're t- continuing to grow. We don't want to grow so much that it becomes not fun. We don't want to grow. We don't want to not grow enough where we're not earning enough, where we'll have to, you know, go do something else. Um, so time freedom for us is uh, probably number two right behind uh, mental freedom. But why, why mental? I mean, what is it that, that's pushing you that way? What's different? I mean, are you looking at your friends based on your age and you're seeing, you know, like, I mean, so I, I go back. I'm, I'm a lot older than you. I'm older than your parents probably. And I sit back and I look at a lot of them that are just grinding away where they're working and um, I was talking about it in church this weekend and somebody's like, you know, I'm 14 months from retirement because I don't want to die at my desk. And I'm like, oh my God. Ooh, yeah. It just makes you feel bad. What is it that, that's driving you guys at your age? How old are you guys roughly? Uh, I'm 28. And I'm, I'm 34. Oh. And you guys, think, you guys are pulling it off. I'm going to tell you that. You look a lot <laughs> younger than that. That is good. Keep say, that going. Yeah, everyone always thinks they're double our age, and then they hear our age, and they're like, "Oh, maybe okay, not." Okay, I've got kids. Yeah. I've got kids as old as you. All right, all right. Now we're in. <laughs> but it's it's well, true though. I mean, the fact that you're that age makes it even more important because, I mean, I, I hate to say it, my my older son, who's your age, uh, Ryan, is yep. didn't I didn't train him that way. He went to grad school because he was going to get a job. Now he's figured it out, and and I'm fortunate that way. But that wasn't what I taught him because that wasn't the way I grew up. Well, and I, and I appreciate the way that you taught your son who's my age, and I appreciate, you know, what my parents passed on to me because during that time, college, grad school was the path. It was the, the path that made sense to the most success. But now we're in a time, you know, in a 2018, 2019 world where that is just not the case anymore. And some people get stuck in it. I was, you know, in the quote-unquote rat race. I was told, you know, find the shirt and tie job that pays 70 to 100K a year, that you'll work for 60 to 65 years and then you're going to move and then you're going to move to Boca Raton, Florida. And then that's when you get to start having fun. And so I was in that process. And then after graduating college and starting that realized very quickly that I was not, uh, enjoying it. And then that led to some darker parts of my life and I got myself out of it and thank, uh, thank God I found, uh, someone who felt the same way that I did in terms of, you know, had an entrepreneurial spirit, wanted to really get down into the dirt and build something that was our own in order to have that time freedom and that mental stability with the the practicality of paying the bills, you know, food in our belly, roof over our head and shirts on our back. Lindsay, is that the same for you? I mean, would you say it's similar path? Yeah, it was similar. Um, I actually went to school for art therapy and got my degree and figured out really quickly that that just completely burnt me out and um, wasn't really for me. And I always had this kind of anxiety about figuring out what I wanted to do. You know, my parents would always ask, what do you want to do? You know, what's your career going to be all this? And it would cause me this great anxiety. And I think it was because I wasn't taking advantage of the path to get to where I wanted to be and realizing that in that grind, in that, you know, path itself was what I was enjoying. Were you? Yeah. And the, you know, I would work retail or whatever it was and it was fine, but I would have, you know, a side hustle that I was doing and that was what was kind of getting me through the day to day. Oh, Um, you you would fall back on that. That was what was giving the fuel, not whatever you were doing. Right. Mm. And I, I, I didn't have it in my mind that, wait, that could actually be my thing. 
Like that could be the career or whatever you want to call it. Um, so making that, you know, mental transition to wait, I like this, this is enjoyable. And on a day-to-day basis, you know, going to give me happiness. It was just all kind of roped in and made complete sense for us together as a team and went from there. You know, I, I saw a, a video from Gary Vee yesterday, and he talked very strong about this issue that he said there in the last two years has been the easiest time to create a business. And if you haven't figured it out, we've got to figure it out now, because when, when times get tough, you've got to be in position. Were you trying to measure up to your parents' expectations? And I'm not criticizing them because I'm a dad and I've got kids. And so I, I'm there. You know, I'm college educated, advanced. And my son, of course, had to go to college. That was the way it was. That's all I knew. Were you trying to measure up to your parents' expectation and therefore didn't, didn't explore out? I mean, is that, is that common in your world? I mean, at least for my family, my parents' only goal or only um, you know, idea for me was to be as happy as possible. Oh, that's and, cool. And in their mind, that was finding the career, finding the job that, you know, I was fulfilled with in my life. And that was how I found happiness. And they're, I mean, over the moon with, I mean, they thought we were crazy at first delivering like thousands of pairs of shoes to people in Portland. Um, but they're just pumped that, I found the happiness no matter what it was. And I think it was, you know, it's different for them. They're a different generation um, and a different, you know, minded people, but they're just happy that I found the the happiness intertwined with the work and life and everything. I, I think that that is so, that's such a big statement that they're happy that you found your path. And today it's this path, right? Whatever it is, it's just not, right. you're not stressed. I mean, let me see if this is a fair question at your age, you have friends at your age. Are they stressed already in their job? Some of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit older, uh, you know, obviously 34 versus Lindsay at 28. But I felt like as I was going through my 20s and kind of figuring out, you know, where I would land with this entrepreneurial passion that's always been in me since I was little, uh, I saw friends that were doing things based on their age and not their Mm. happiness or what they really wanted to do they were asking people to marry them when they didn't really love them they were oh for financial reasons or to make the perfect picture hey everyone's supposed to get married Uh, everyone's supposed to have this job everyone's supposed to have a house so literally making these monster decisions against what their internal feeling was but be quote unquote because it was that time of life and now you know at, i'm at 34 i have friends that are divorced that are broke because they can't pay their mortgage are broke because you know they got a boat when they couldn't afford it you know like all these things um and now they're just stumbling not everyone of course you know there's people that have you know career jobs lawyers doctors stuff like that but the people who didn't really dig down and say, what makes me happy? What, what do I want to be doing on a daily basis are now struggling to both hold up that front of like, you know, I, I like that I have a house, even though I kind of want to move, but I can't. Yeah. Um, I like that I, you know, have this possession, whether it's a car, a boat, uh, whatever, even though I can't afford it and I got to get another credit card to pay the bills. Um, where on the flip side, I both, uh, respect people's point of view while not caring at all what they think about where I'm supposed to be in my life. And I surround myself with people 
who are just happy, like Lindsay said, that are happy that I'm happy. That's a big, big thing. Um, they're broken. I think it was a good way to describe it. They're broke financially, but they're broken in all these other ways. And so the way you're describing it is that, hey, you can heal yourself. by. You guys look like minimalists. Would you call yourself, even though you buy stuff, and you're stuff buyers because you're buying them to sell, are you minimalists in some way? I would say we fall into that category, but not the extreme. I mean, when I think minimalist, it, it's very exciting to think about, like, you know, the tiny home and the, you know, uh, you know, eating soup all day and like all this stuff. We, <laughs> I don't know about I'm eating big, soup all day, dude. I, I could get this. I, I might be able to do the tiny house, but I don't know about eating soup all day. I don't know that, where oh, that came from. <laughs> I could I could live off peanut butter and jelly, um, but we're, we're very passionate about, uh, like we said, our time freedom. Uh, to be able to say yes to the things that we want to do. I mean, we still go out to dinner uh, frequently. We uh, we do spend every single penny right now pours pours back into our business um, so that we can build up this quote unquote machine that allows us when we start having kids to really have the freedom to uh, live a life spending time with the kids, uh, traveling if we want to, or building another uh, monster part of the business. Um, the, the idea of being stuck or having to say no to an opportunity is something that suffocates us. So we're trying to give ourselves as much opportunity in through hard work, through self-awareness, through uh, you know empathy to the people around us um, in order to build that. And you're leading by example. To me, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that a whole bunch of people, before they get tied down by all those anchors that you were talking about, they all are anchors, um, mm -hmm. that they figure this out, and you're showing a good example. Okay, so let's talk about how you got into selling, period, because you both went to school, and life was going to be, you know, the picture postcard with the white fence. Everything was going great. And then whose big idea was it to sell shoes? Well, I, uh, I think it was both of us coming together. We actually, the first time that we met, we went out to coffee. Lindsay was running uh, a business and I was running a brand and we were getting together for a business coffee to collaborate uh, very quickly. Whoa, 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 hold on. You just can't drop that. <laughs> there, now, there's more to that story. Lindsay, what? tell the story. I want to hear it. There's a story there. Yeah, so I was running this handbag um, company with my uncle and Ryan had started this other brand in Portland called Flex Your Face. And he wanted my handbag company to come on board and be a part of the brand that he was pushing. And so we had never met before. We met for coffee. He wanted to, you know, give his business proposal to me. <laughs> Good and line, Ryan. Good in, job, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> five minutes in, we were like, all right, no more business. Um, let's just, you know, have some coffee and get to know each other and it's wow. kind of history from there and never never combined businesses until our whole life was combined yeah. into a business like Lindsay said you know a couple minutes into the conversation we realized that it was going to be less of a business conversation and more of you know we were attracted to each other and uh, cool. we were both we were both trying to be very professional and I was being a little more excited than you're a what guy your, your traditional you know business uh, meeting and so we decided, hey, let's let's not mix business. Let's you know get to know each other. We went out on a couple of dates, and then when we started dating, we realized the two of us together is a force that you know the world has never seen. And we both liked um, this idea of the simplicity of flipping items in value. We've done it through you know whether it was lemonade stands when we were kids, 
or, um, you know, literally stuff from Goodwill, you know, coffee machines, um, wooden bowls. Yeah, our second date, Ryan had like looked up a bunch of free Craigslist stuff. And we literally drove all around Maine filling my car with free stuff. <laughs> now, now hold on a second, because this is important to understand. So here's this guy trying to woo you, trying to impress you, and he's you. This is the this is the technique he's using. Hey, yes, I'm cheap. I'm cheesy. Stuff. I want free stuff. Are you in? My heart. Yeah. I said, hey, you've got a great car for this. Oh free, come on! You wanted her for a car? Weights. That was it. There's uh. some free weights. They're free. I'll I'll put them in the car. But let's go get them. So so at that point though, that shows kindred spirits right there. Right. right. The fact that. You know, the, you know, I guess, it, let me say it this way, and it's going to sound kind of corny, but I think it's real. His vulnerability to show you that, and that's got to be kind of attractive in a weird way, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, that was what connected us, you know, first and foremost, and has, you know, kept us going and will keep us going, is we're both just really honest with who we are. And we don't, you know, embellish anything about our lives. And we've done that since, you know, the first time we met. That's so cool. I mean, to me, that's so rare. And so, but, you know, when, when you guys do speak and you will be speaking, you guys have it, you will be out there in the circuits. That's mm-hmm. probably so important to talk about because everybody's trying to pretend to be somebody they're not, right? They always say, yep. Dave Ramsey always says, you know, you're trying to impress people who don't like anyway, right? But it's so yep. true because you're so afraid of what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I think oh, you, you brought up a great point about, you know, the, the our ages. And I think a lot of people uh, don't have the ability to be so honest with themselves first when no one else is around. And then to be able to project that honesty and th- that vulnerability. And I, at least for me, approaching, you know, a beautiful woman at that time in my life, I had made a decision before uh, us getting together that with everyone in my life, I was going to be 100% honest about the things that I love to do, about the things that I don't like to do, about my weaknesses, about my strengths. And I think it's because of that, um, you know, she, Lindsay could have very easily said, oh, that's, you know, that's gross. We're going to go dig free weights out of the snowbank that are free on the side of the road. <laughs> And and I had to take that chance, and uh, because I took that chance, and because um, she did the same thing, and being very honest with me, I mean, she could have easily said, "Oh, that sounds great," because she was attracted to me. But if she didn't really enjoy that, our relationship wouldn't be at where it is now. Yeah, it would have come out. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it always shows. It always shows. You can't hide it. Okay, so when I was thinking about this, uh, Lindsay, you have an art background. Ryan, you didn't say what your degree is, but. I can I can tell you guys have different skill sets. So when you guys were thinking about going into business together, what what part of the business did you, or skill set did you think you would bring? And is it has it been different as you guys have figured it out? Well, I think uh, the immediate answer is we found out uh, we found out very quickly each other's strengths and weaknesses. Uh, my strength, for example, is absolutely everything is possible there's nothing we're not going to be able to do uh let's let's i'm in the clouds like yes we can do this and uh my weakness is not thinking through logistically how step by step it's going to happen and then of course Lindsay's strength we found out is yes i'm on board i think we can do it too but let's 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 work in reverse and say what do we have to do today in order to hit that goal and find out logistically 
how to do it. Hmm. Like a reverse engineer. Yeah, I, I, you guys yeah. have a lot of organization, and I'm interested in talking about that. Okay, so we decide we're going to work together. We saw we the dating's working. Uh, we're getting free stuff. Now we're thinking about at some point uh, combining forces and doing something together. Um, mm -hmm. So walk us through that. Well, I think uh, very early on we were, you know, flipping a lot of random items kind of as a side hustle thing, more as fun. Um, and then when it came to shoes, we started seeing on Facebook Marketplace that there was people selling their gently used shoes and people were actually buying them. And that's one thing that we were like, how, I don't understand how other people are buying used shoes. So we, we started looking at all the conversations that were happening and we started seeing a trend in, uh, there people were selling the shoes, but the sale wouldn't go through if they couldn't meet at a mutual place, either mm. that was closer to the seller or that was closer to the buyer. So we had some extra shoes in our shoe closet and we said, hey, why don't we do this thing where we put them up at an absolutely reasonable price, 25 bucks a pair, and we'll deliver anywhere within 50 miles for no extra charge, no obligation. You get to try on the shoes, look them over in person. And in order for that to be successful, there had to be two of us um, doing it. Um, for safety and, and just, right, that kind of thing? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so a couple things happened uh, where it started to click. One, we were spending a lot more time together. Oh, and two, you had an agenda. There's your plan. There yeah, we go. Absolutely. All right. I like it. I like we, it. We were spending a lot of time together, uh, literally driving around. And, you know, in, on the good days, we were interacting with a lot of people. On the bad days, we were waiting in, you know, grocery store parking lots, uh, you know, goofing and talking with each other. And it, it, we, re we realized, hey, our time is being spent doing something that we like. If we can be successful and pay our bills doing this, we're gold. And we started looking at all the solutions to all the problems that other people had um, that were trying to do similar things. And we were just solving all of those problems really, really quickly, which allowed us to scale really, really quickly, which allowed us to do this full time and uh, grow at a very rapid pace. Hmm. So you were delivering for $25. What was the furthest? Did you go the full 50 miles out at one point? Yeah, and that's again. Uh, I was like, "Hey, let's deliver anywhere within 50 miles." Just I just threw it out there, not realizing that parts of New Hampshire are within 50 miles of where we oh, live. Oh no! And people were calling us out on it because we were on these buy and sell apps. They're like, "Hey, I googled. I'm 49 miles from Portland, and I'm, I want this $25 pair of shoes." Just to see if you and do it, my bet. They didn't even care about the shoes. They just wanted to see you do it. Yeah, we actually had people that would uh, and. You know, at that time, we were doing hundreds of deliveries a month. And so the practicality that someone might, if they were looking at our business, they would say, that makes no sense. You're not making any money. And if we were only doing that one delivery a week or month, it didn't make sense. But we always look at our business as building relationships more than selling a product. So we would drive the 49 miles. We would realize that the guy that wanted my size 10 and a half Nikes is actually a men's 12. Uh, and really wanted to see if we were actually coming, we would shake the guy's hand. We would say, hey, you know, you're you're a little bit bigger than a, a men's 10 and a half, but what are you interested in? What brands do you love? We can hunt down those options and bring back some men's 12 for you. Ooh, he was so on. astonished that he would tell everyone in the neighborhood. And then the next time we made the 49-mile drive, we were selling 25 pairs of shoes instead of one. Whoa, 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 hold on. So you were creating a 
customer database with preferences and actually knowing what people want. And you built this out scaled by we, handshake. <laughs> we built it at scale through delivery, through grocery store parking lots, through meeting at the post office. And then uh, very quickly, retailers realized, because they saw people leaving us reviews on our Facebook page, that we were delivering more shoes than they were selling every month. So they gave us access to their inventory. And we grew at scale, just literally driving all, all four seasons, driving through the winter, pulling up to you know mom and dad's house, uh, outfitting everyone with boots, and uh, you know recording each step of the way. Uh, if if the boots didn't fit, we'd say, you know, what size are you exactly? We'd size them up, and then we'd come back the next week with options. Wait, like you're bringing shoe things with you, like those shoe measuring things? We would bring options. For example, if a mom was a size 8 and the dad was a 13 and the kids were, you know, X, Y, and Z, we would always bring half a size smaller and half a size larger oh, nice. so that we could literally on foot, not like measure their foot with one of those little shoe measuring, but literally, hey, this is a women's eight and a half. You said you were an eight, but you like eight and a half. If you like this style, here's an option. If you don't, we know exactly you're an eight and a half now. Now, at that point, when you're describing at that level, are those new new shoes at that point? Nope. They're uh, still our used. First, our first 800 pairs, because we didn't have the buying budget to buy new inventory, our first 800 uh, pairs were thrifted, were from uh, garage sales, were from, they. we spent hours and hours cleaning them. We spent hours making sure there was no rips or tears. We made sure there was no smells, and we would hand deliver them. No kidding. So, so as I sit here and think about this, and a whole bunch of people are going to say the same thing, this sounds like it's still scalable. I know this is not your model currently, but this sounds like what what's wrong with the shoe store. You know, it's kind of the Toys R Us issue, right? Toys R Us went into business because nobody wanted to go there. They never became the destination. They were just a box, right? That wasn't yep. a place that you would go and have an experience, right? Your generation is experience-driven. Mm-hmm. You brought an experience by going to somebody's house, actually looking them in the eye. You, you brought the local shoe store that's probably been closed in your market for a long time, and most, most towns are closed. Yep. Um, you brought that right to their house. That, yep. that personal level of service, that almost concierge level of service, it sounds like it's still wanted, needed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for a while, we were known as uh, the shoe concierge. So it's funny that you say that. Oh, like, that's funny. That's exactly the way people saw it. They, they didn't want to deal with uh, the hassle of bringing four kids into the shoe store. They didn't even want to deal with the shoe salesman. And they very quickly, because of the reviews we were getting, people realized that there is no obligation. I can feel comfortable for th- with this couple meeting me that I'm not going to be forced to buy the shoes uh, if they don't fit exactly how I like. You know, it's it's making me think about your grandfather's day. There would have been door-to-door salesmen selling aluminum siding, vacuum cleaners, all that junk, right? But they were yep. scurvy. But in yep. this, you're invited in. I mean, I, you know, a whole bunch of people are going to sit back and say, huh, this is a business, isn't it? This really is a business. Now, this business scaled pretty large, pretty quickly. Why not stay with it? I mean, it goes back to kind of our time freedom uh, and our okay real estate and um we had started you know we built our buying budget from nothing literally what we found in our closet up to you know we had a thousand dollars to spend on shoes and we loved the i don't know how to phrase it well we loved it we loved the hunt 
we love the the you know you're going out and you're trying to find uh, the shoes that people are looking for themselves. And you have but, at this point a clue of what they're looking for because you now have all this data. You've built up this hands-on. I mean, this yep. is real research. This is on the <laughs> on the ground boots. <laughs> on, uh, yeah, yeah. bootstrapping right. the whole way, yeah. and we had a giant request list. We had, uh, like you said, all this data, and then we realized we were spending a tremendous amount of time cleaning the shoes. We were spending a tre tremendous amount of time delivering. We've built all these relationships with people within 50 miles of uh, Portland, Maine. How can we scale this without affecting more time? And that's where new shoes came in. You don't have to clean new shoes. Uh, there's enough new inventory in the sourcing spots that we researched where we can grow even more and our buyer base can be bigger based on the word of mouth from our you know small within 50 miles that scaled into everyone's family and friends that lives all across the United States is hearing about us we can now ship them uh, brand new inventory we were very hesitant to get into the shipping side of things because when you have gently used items one person's interpretation of gently used is different than ours so that's why the delivery we've got the shoes right in front of you worked in the beginning but when we scaled to shipping items we wanted to use all brand new stuff so that there's no confusion these are brand new unworn shoes um and we couldn't we we needed to free up some time that we had spent cleaning and processing all the shoes and the only option we had was brand new inventory yeah, and shipping is a lot less than cleaning, right? I mean, you could probably yep. do it a tenth of the time. Um, let me ask you this. When you went to that house with those shoes, what was your closing ratio, would you say? Well, I think uh, very rarely we would leave, um, and we'll tell you why, very rarely we would leave without a sale. We realized really quickly we've got a car that has space. We're not just going to bring the only pair of shoes that this person wants. We're going to bring other options in that size. We're going to bring options a half a size smaller and a half a size bigger. And we were confirming deliveries an hour before. And we were confirming, uh, is, is there anyone else looking for shoes? Because we're, we're running a deal where if you buy three pairs of shoes, you get a fourth pair free. Uh, they were like, actually, my daughter needs a pair. And actually, my husband needs a pair. Can you bring options? So very, very rarely uh, were we selling no shoes each delivery. And Almost all the time, we were selling multiple pairs in a very friendly, um, non-salesy environment. And so uh, my mind would go this way, is I would sit back and I'd say, oh, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bring socks. Next thing I'm going to do is bring multiple colors, especially for ladies. Uh, they like it in white. Well, maybe they'd like it in black, and they'd like them, you know. But it, again, at scale, not easy to do if you're doing used because the odds of finding it. However new, it opens up a lot of opportunities. But again, it's that time suck. No matter what, you're going to limit the number of customers you can have because a there was a rule the two of you had to go together which is smart yeah um, and b you wanted more time in your life not less time in your life however as i sit back and i listen to this i'm like oh my god this concierge level is what they're doing in my market in groceries i don't know if they're doing that in your market but in my market yeah. groceries i mean I, I there's never a time i go home and we live in, out in an apartment place we we sold mm -hmm. our house downsize and yep. there's never a, a chance where there's not one of those meal prep boxes in the hallway or the grocer uh, delivery things in the hallway for some of these people. They are clearly, you know, taking advantage of that concierge level service. So now you start shipping shoes. 
what's the level of closing of shipping? I guess it would be returns would be it. Because in, in that scenario, you go to my house, I try on the shoes, I don't like them, there's your return, right? You never, I never took ownership. There really is no return. It just, the sale didn't happen. And it didn't sound like it happened very often because mm-hmm. you, you brought multiple sizes. But now you're shipping. What's the return percentage or has been your experience? Um, extremely low, and we'll tell you why. We've, we've, we put a lot of thought into that because uh, we've seen a lot of people that ship a lot of stuff and they get a lot of returns, and we asked why. Why are you getting the returns? Um, either we found in our research, either there wasn't enough communication beforehand, there wasn't enough information about the product, it was a spur-of-the-moment buy, um, which happens all the time, so we pride ourselves in pre-buy customer service. We pride Ooh. ourselves in thorough descriptions, in thorough, well-lit photos of every single pair. We've actually um, denied people ordering us, ordering from us if they're not buying the pair that they want or the, a pair for their significant other, um, which has alleviated a lot of the people trying to scam us. Um, we pride well, ourselves well, how in do you How do you filter that? How do you... How do you uh, uh, I guess I can't think of the right word, but how do you um, get people up front to qualify them? I guess how do you qualify that lead, Ryan? It's a great, that's the best question, qualifying the lead. We look for big red flags. Uh, if someone says something like, um, well, if someone says something like, if I don't like these, can I return them? Ah, we dive okay. in, we, we dive into the obvious questions. Well, what size are you looking for? What's your favorite brand? You know, Nikes may run a little bit smaller than other brands. So, have you purchased Nikes before? Are you this size? Um, you know, we all, we do accept returns. We do, you know, we're not against that at all. But we always are asking questions before uh, the buy. And you can, you know, we've set in the last 14 months, we've sold over 3,100 pairs of shoes. Um, <laughs> and so we've gotten real good about indicating, you know, those red flags. Someone just starting off, for example, a lot of people reach out to us and they say, hey, I posted these on eBay for... 40 bucks someone offered me 50 what do i do and we said that's a huge red flag why would they offer you more instead of just buying it or hey this person says i want to squeeze into these because i like the style uh you know don't we're not we're not into people squeezing into shoes hey why don't we find a pair for you that will fit we bring on shoes uh, each and every week. The other thing that we've had happen is because we've gotten so good at sourcing and we're able to price our things so competitive, we've had people get the shoes and they don't fit, but they'll just resell them or they'll, you know, they'll oh, sell them. Oh, they can make money. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, so nice. We get a lot more of that than them actually sending them back. It's, it's about providing uh, enough value and tons of transparency, thorough descriptions, well-lit photos, so there's no... And here's the return. We, we're not on eBay and Amazon. Uh, we're not on Amazon at all. And we're on eBay a lot less because these other marketplaces have a big enough buyer, buyer base and a what we think is a little bit better system in alleviating some of those returns. Um, and they're, they're more seller friendly uh, than some of the uh, we've experienced on uh, eBay. Uh, you were going right where I was going. I think this is, again, the intention. That's why I love you guys, because this 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 takes away one of the biggest hassles of dealing with Amazon um, in a different way, but with eBay specifically. eBay, everybody's going, it's a yard sale. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're looking for a bargain. They're looking for a deal. It's, it is. They want to negotiate. They want that. It, that's the way it is. But 
you know, you guys sell on, on multiple channels, and we'll talk about that in a second. That design of getting rid of non-qualified customers, I think, mm. is so, 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 so smart. I mean, I hope people are listening to that again. Listen to that whole section again. It's designed this way. They have realized there's a hassle. I always call it the hassle factor. Those yep. other channels, while they have a market, and let's face it, Amazon is the market, right, for, yep. the, for the most part. Um, they sell more shoes in an hour than you guys will sell in your lifetime, right? Really That's smart. fine, um, but it's price-driven, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so you guys are saying, hey, we're going to give you the quality, what you expect. We're going to be that concierge level, um, but we want to be where people are expecting that. I think that that intention is what separates you guys from so many other sellers that I see. But aren't you giving up? I mean, and so let me answer this question because people are going to be saying, yeah, but they're limiting their opportunity by not selling on Amazon, by barely selling on eBay. You're limiting all your opportunities, Ryan and Lindsay. You know, you're never going to be the billion dollar sellers that you could be. Yeah, that's, uh, we love that. And we appreciate, you know, that question while not caring at all. That, that, <laughs> really don't care. Know, I'd love like, it. Oh. We, we have zero care because here's the thing. Uh, we're never going to tell people they need to live like we do. We're never going to brag, uh, you know, in order to bring someone else down. But the reality is, uh, you know, we're hitting numbers that are giving us so much opportunity to walk the dog five times a day, to go on these trips that we want to spend time with family, to wake up each and every single day when we want to wake up and do all these things. I mean, we have big goals, so we work really, really hard. But uh, again, we don't care what other people think. And here's the cool thing. The really cool thing is you can win big on eBay. You can win big on Amazon. You can win big on Poshmark. You can kill it on Mercari. You can kill it on Vinted. Let go. We built our business and did $100,000 in the first 12 months on Facebook Marketplace. Everyone can win based on what they consider a win. I mean, we've got big plans for real estate investment. We've got big plans. But all of the avenues that we're finding are creating solutions for what our goals are. And we support other people um, to do the same thing. You just have to figure out what your goal is. And you may be killing it on eBay and want to stay there. Or you may be fed, fed up with eBay and say, hey, I don't like that people are buying shoes from me. And then 29 days later, returning it. And then, or you know, whatever it is, like open up your mind to what you want to achieve and then find where the solution is. And we can give you 10 plus examples of how to win in the shoe game, not on eBay and Amazon. But the reality is what you just said. It's such a big marketplace. They sell a pair of shoes every four seconds. Uh, You can win there, too. I think it's you guys are giving people permission to look elsewhere because unfortunately, that's what people want. They, they want yeah. permission because what they've been told is they must sell on Amazon because that's the marketplace. You heard me say yep. it, right? They have 55% of all online sales, I think, right? Uh, or yep. maybe even 60 by now. However, you know, and if that's your goal, that's awesome. But if you want to live a very comfortable life and, it, you know, one of the other things that I noticed, this is my observation, um, the house that you're living in now, was that the house that you started in? No. Okay. No, we, uh, we. It looks intentional. The oh, yeah. loft with the design, yeah. the organ. Say that's Lindsay, right? The yeah. anal retentive designer, <laughs> yeah. right? The but but it looks so yeah, like, but make the most out of so smart. <laughs> we we started. Here's here's the the background. Quick thirty second story is I 
moved in with Lindsay when we first started dating. Um, she has an amazing brother who she was living with, who's a successful lawyer. Uh, obviously, three people living in the same apartment. It was turning into while we were running our business, our shoe business. Like we said, he's he was such a supportive brother. Wall wall to wall, we had shoes, and he would come <laughs> home from his very successful lawyer firm and just he would shop and get shoes. But he was open to us growing our business. We realized very quickly we need a bigger space. We moved our business into a storage unit that we quickly uh, grew out of, and we said we need to find a living situation. Lindsay did a ton of research, found not only this place that had a loft, it was within our budget, and we have the pup, which we could separate a, a healthy living space from the business, but still be working out of the same location. And it was extremely intentional and has allowed us to, we, we're gonna two, three X our business in the next month, and we have the space uh, to do it. You see, again, so we're gonna pause a second, and. How long has this all taken place? So walk us back to when you were at your brother's uh, place, Lindsay, and until where you are now. We started selling shoes in June of 2017. Um, we finished 2017 in the old place. I want to say and moved here this last spring or yep. around like May, I think. Okay. So uh, my point is, is it didn't happen this month, right? There's planning. Right. Who's patient enough at your age? Guys, nobody's patient enough. I mean, what is, I mean, if you looked at one of your secret sauce, you know, the things that help separate you, that make you outliers in this world right now, would you say patience is one? I mean, self-awareness, obviously, right up on top and knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I love it. But this patience thing, A, it's not heard of, especially at your age. Yeah, I think I think it has to be one, two with us, self-awareness first and then patience because with the self-awareness, we realize uh, what we love to do, where we want to go together, and we're very vocal and communicative about that, um, and then realizing that that does not have to happen right now. We don't have to rush this thing, and in order to build a strong enough base to get to where we want to go, we have to have patience. Um, with all this, we've talked about it frequently throughout the last uh, you know, hour or so, there's a lot, and it's not easy. We're not saying this like, oh, it's so easy. There's a lot of, hey, you guys are supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. You're supposed to be doing this. And we just smile, and we either love those people from afar or let them know, hey, we're happy, and we've got some big plans, and we're going there. What happens is two months later, those people are like, wait, wait, how much did you make this month? Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? All I, I see you guys walking the dog all day. I see you guys you know, going on these little mini vacations. Like, Are you serious? You made that much money? And then the, the the evaluation of what we're doing switches. When when you look at your business now, you you think that you have the ability, uh, um, you've built the infrastructure. Maybe I should say it that way to three exit. Right? That's fair. Very, very fair. Yeah. Okay. So your limits would be uh, probably capital would be one. Right. That would be Got one. That's I think it's a limit on everybody. Right. But yep. space utilization efficiency. Uh, throughput, you have all that figured out. You've tested it all. So I think that's a genius move. So you now, because I think a lot of people jump ahead and then they, you know, I, I, if I walked out into my warehouse, I'd show you all those things that I jumped ahead of regret, you know, of those, as a guy tells me, I drag it around an old girlfriend with my old inventory. I keep moving, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So so I get that. So you guys are doing it the opposite way. You built the infrastructure, the roads are in place, everything's ready to rock. Now, once the pipeline gets open, and especially this Q4, it sounds like you guys are really there. Yep. How do you handle then um, building out 
mentally when you do want to take these trips? How do you how do you put that piece of the infrastructure in place to help sustain your business? Because continuity, at least let me just use my Amazon eBay, the continuity of the listing, staying in the algorithm is critical. If you take mm-hmm. out if you step out of it, it takes you on eBay, it takes two or three months to get back into it if you ever get back as far as you were. And same thing with Amazon. Yeah. Well, we, we're very self-aware. I mean, we don't go on monster trips. Everything, literally everything we do is from our phone. So we're never away from the business. But if we do go, for example, on Thursday, we're going on another one of our big sourcing trips where we'll be gone from our inventory for two or three days. We've tested. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, friends and family coming in and shipping stuff so we can keep our shipping times down. We've tested putting our uh, inventory on vacation mode. Um, we're still working that out, but we never are away from it long enough uh, for it to be detrimental, like you said, to get out of that algorithm um, yet. So this is a short-term issue, right? You're, you're, you're figuring out in the short term, um, yep. knowing that this is a limit for now. It's not a limit forever. Okay. I love it. Correct. I think that's so smart because that would be a reason not to do it, right? Oh, yep. wow. You know, Ryan, I can't do it, man. I, I, you know, I take trips every month or whatever. That's a reason. That's an excuse. Right yep. now, you guys are limiting, um, and you're still, you know, another thing, I think this is powerful, a whole bunch of people are saying themselves the same thing, is that, that if that's your biggest limit, life's really good, right? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. it, you know? Yeah, you can't take a 10-day trip, uh, Ryan Lindsay, but you can take a five-day trip. I'm sorry, you, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, it's, we, uh, and here's another thing, like, for us to get away from this, it takes a lot. We love doing this. It's That's not cool, like man. a hassle. Yeah. It's not like, oh. So literally when we go on these trips, we went down to, and spent some time with family in the Outer Banks in the Carolinas. Uh, we were working while we were there. It's, it's stuff that we enjoy doing. And that took uh, a little bit of self-awareness and narrowing down which niche we wanted to jump into uh, in order to have it be fun so that we can pour ourselves into it. So cool. I bet you a whole bunch of dads right now are like, man, I hope my kids get it figured out at this age. All right. So let's talk about uh, sales uh, places that you sell on. So channels that you sell on. So Poshmark's your number one selling channel. Mercari is your number two. And I've heard of Mercari. I've never tried to sell there. Is that is that uh, geographic location specific? Or I mean, when you look at your Mercari sales, do they seem to come from a particular area or a particular uh, category? I guess you're um, mostly shoes and clothing, so duh, that's a duh question. But, you know, is it better for that than it is for, I don't know, electronics or something? Uh, we can only speak to – we have sold a couple electronics on Mercari, um, but we can only speak to shoes. 90%, 95% has been shoes, and then less than 5% has been apparel. Um, it's It comes down to, I think, price point. We're right in the 50 to 60 uh, at up to about a hundred dollar price range, you know, asking price, and that has been our gold on both Poshmark and Mercari. Uh, it has been, I, I guess, if we had to narrow down literally where these packages are going, there's a lot of people in the Midwest that are ordering uh, shoes on Mercari. Period. But we've got stuff going from Alaska all the way to you know two or three hours north in Maine that we're shipping to. And when would you say Poshmark represents sixty percent of your sales? Yeah, po- Poshmark's fair. mostly clothing. I mean, it's generally what it is. Um, they're mostly clothing. Um, so about sixty percent of your sales. And is it still trending women mostly on Poshmark? No, I mean, we, oh, that's interesting. 
here's here's the gold about a marketplace that has a big enough buyer base where you can hit some actual big numbers and that doesn't have as many male buyers as you know an eBay or an Amazon is you can be at the forefront that when it hits. I mean, we did a lot of research. There mm. is you know hundreds of millions of dollars being purchased every year on Poshmark. We love the community aspect of it. We love the ability to be able to share listings, to be able to jump into these Poshmark parties. And that's coming from me, a male, who the first three months, I was like, what the explicitive word is Poshmark? Why are we on this thing? I don't understand it. Uh, like, I don't, and Lindsay was very patient and broke it down. And then once I understood the language and the intricacies of it, it uh, blew up for us. Coming from a male selling male shoes, um, you know, we do very well because there's not a lot of other people doing it very well on that platform. Is it is it an experience issue, Lindsay? I mean, because that's a generational thing for you guys. It, they, everybody wants the experiences. It's not the stuff. Um, is Poshmark, maybe Macari too, I'm not familiar with it, but I know Posh, I sell on Poshmark. Is it the experience piece of it that's making it attractive to your generation? Yeah, I think um, I think the social aspect of it. I know as a seller, I mean, I've only brought a handful of things on it just to kind of cross, you know, cross those things off the list to become an ambassador. Um, but as a seller, at least, I love how much control you have over your inventory. Um, so Mercari is a little different because you can't share your items daily or multiple times a day and you can't make offers to likers and things like that. Um, so on Poshmark, you have that kind of gold nugget of really diving into your inventory and having control over it and putting it back out there and sharing it to these parties and making offers to likers. Um, I think it's just about you just feel so much more connected to what you're selling more than on some of the other buy and sell apps. And a big, a big thing for us was, are we enjoying the experience that it mm. takes in order to sell effectively and be successful? And we, in the beginning, we were doing very well on eBay in terms of numbers, but we ran into a lot of hassles and uh, felt like we were being put behind the eight ball as a seller in a lot of scenarios where we were very kind, we were very open to uh, you know the policies that eBay puts out there. We, of course, the buyer, the amount of buyers that they connect us with, we were respecting that. But then when it came down to someone returning a used water bottle when we sent them a brand new pair of Nikes and, you know, and then not getting like the, the, there's so many buyers that it's hard to protect sellers in certain scam scenarios that we found isn't happening on these other apps. And so we decided to build our business and be successful on those platforms and not have to deal with those hassles. I think, uh, you know, there's no integrity. Uh, your reputation on eBay uh, doesn't matter. You know, we've been, I've been selling it forever and it doesn't matter. Yep. It's exactly what you described. What I, what I think, a couple things. One is I think Poshmark being so new, um, it, the scammers aren't there because it's not on the radar as much. It's not as easy. But the yep. other is um, because... There's such a social aspect to Poshmark, meaning that you have to have the social presence almost immediately anyway. It makes it harder um, for these, uh, these, a lot of these fake ones to get through and stay through. They might be able to get away with it once, maybe twice. Um, the other thing that I think Poshmark does really, really well is the shipping aspect is god-awful symptom. It's just uh, yep. simple, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. And the, the mental real estate saved 
is yeah. worth Ooh, is mental worth real the, estate. Ooh, dude, that's deep. You, the couple dollars that we sacrifice, uh, you know, at scale to save the mental real estate is worth it to us. We may not be getting the absolute best down to the penny, you know, best shipping rates, but it's worth it to us for us to slap a label on the box and boom, it's out the door within three days. We've got our money, um, and we don't have to worry about you know scamming returns and all that. And I think it's crucial for the people listening to hear exactly what you said. There is a much bigger uh, buyer base on eBay and Amazon, but these other marketplaces, Poshmark, Mercari, are big enough to hit goals that are significant. I mean, we're going to make $10,000 profit per month very soon, by the end of quarter four. And if that isn't significant in someone's life, $100,000 a year, then they should be on an eBay, Amazon. Walking the dog five times a day. Which five, that dog, that dog that, we, we really, we should be dealing with that issue. That, that, that is a different <laughs> issue. You should see a vet about that. That's a different issue. But no, it's, it's cool to me. Again, you're designing this life. And the mental real estate, right? That's deep. That is so powerful to say it that way. While you could do these other things, there are trade-offs. Every, I had a friend used to say this, everything costs something, Steve, right? And so that, that time suck or that unhappiness, the minute that you're dealing with that grief, that came at the cost of something that you could have been enjoying. Maybe 100%. 10 things. Ooh. <laughs> 100%. Mental real estate is, is like the most valuable thing. Obviously, we're, you, you have to have pull from both ends. You have to have the practicality of ma- being a profitable business and making money to pay your bills or do whatever your ambition is. But you also have to pull from the side. If you're doing that at a cost that you're losing sleep at night, you're not enjoying it, you're arguing with people because you're just in a bad mood, it's not worth the dollars uh, to us. And so we've found that that groove. And, and here's the thing. It's not smooth sailing. We're constantly on a daily basis evaluating it and pivoting towards the wins uh, with respect to mental real estate. Well, your your inventory system, um, Lindsay, didn't that probably isn't what you started with. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll put some links here for your uh, YouTube channel because you demonstrate, you actually show all that stuff. That wasn't what you started with, right? This has been trial and error and get you to this place, correct? Trial and error for sure, but we from, you know, week one viewed this as a business. This was never a hobby for us. Um, So we were keeping track of, you know, to the cent from the very beginning, you know, what things were costing us and then what they were selling for. Um, So we've always been really, really good about that and having a system in place. Obviously, that's evolved and kind of changed. Um, and then, yeah, we went from, you know, a five by five floor to ceiling racks of shoes to now this, you know, 10 by 20 or whatever, um, divided by size inventory. And it's a, it's a constant look at efficiency. Um, again, if, if we have to dig through a bunch of inventory in order to find the shoes, literally people might think this is crazy down to the minutes in our day, we value each and every minute. So if an order comes in and we know exactly where it is and we can grab it, throw the label on, handwrite a quick little sentence, you know, a couple sentence note thanking them for their order, uh, wishing them the best, and then go walk the dog, we're golden. And if we can do that, we can do that, you know, a hundred, a hundred times a day and still have plenty of time in our day because we've built the efficient system. And, and, and the other thing that allows you to do is if that order comes in and you deal with it right away, now that's off your mind, right? The burden's gone. 
Not that it yep. was a burden, but it takes it off your mind. People think I'm crazy because we ship seven days a week, and everybody's like, what? What do you mean? You don't take a break? Well, yeah, we do take a break. This By shipping seven days a week, it allows me to take a break whenever we are needed. You know what I mean? So it's like we can walk away for three days this past weekend because everything was done right up until the second we left our warehouse. Then we can turn it back on today. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird exactly. thing. But there's that. that is a release. Um, how, how do you handle, because you're selling things on multiple channels. That sounds like a logistic nightmare. I do the same, but it is a logistic yep. nightmare in my case. How do you manage that? Well, it comes down to self-awareness too. We didn't start on 10 different platforms. We started on Facebook Marketplace and then we said, hey, there's other opportunities. Why don't we test it out? And then we started working on eBay. And each and every time we grew, we built efficiencies, you know, had conversations about, are we enjoying this? If this all of a sudden blows up, do you know, can we handle it? And only when we had the ability to take that calculated risk that we bring on another platform, we have a system in place. So when a pair of shoes sells within a minute, everything is taken down off all those other apps. Now we have the benefit of working from our phone and there's two of us. So Lindsay will take four platforms. I'll take four platforms and we'll take the listing off those things. Out of the 3,100 plus pairs we've sold, less than five times we've sold the same pair of shoes on multiple platforms. And then we have a system in place that if that happens, we reach out to one of the buyers and say, hey, unfortunately this already sold. We'll mark down that you're looking for this pair. We bring on new inventory every week. And the minute we do bring on this pair in this size, uh, we'll let you know. And they, it, it's, it's a customer service gold scenario. Hmm. Again, though, this those platforms would respect that um, yeah. as opposed to penalizing you for that. And to me, there's a lesson there. Um, big corporate yeah. machines, listen to yeah. that, right? There's a No, it's the truth. All right, you listed eight platforms you're selling on. Can we rattle them off real quick? Yeah, well, we've got Poshmark, Mercari, OfferUp, LetGo, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Vinted, and we have uh, our personal website. <laughs> and wow. and here's 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 the scenario like uh, a lot of people will say that's a lot some people will say i'm on more it's whatever works within your system in addition to those eight we are also testing other you know marketplaces to see because we want to grow because we want to get our stuff in front of a lot of places and and because we have the system in place to handle it we do not recommend selling on eight different platforms unless you have the self-awareness and the ability to handle it Right, the process is in place. Has to has to be that way. And, and I would think, I mean, you're going to say, duh, Steve, of course, the $100 pair of sneakers gets treated differently than the $20 pair of sandals, right? The, the 100 you know, what gets put on all eight platforms isn't the same, right? Some make one platform, some make two, some make eight, right? You're exactly right. And that same exact $100 pair of shoes might be worth 180 on one marketplace and it might be worth 60 on another marketplace. Oh, interesting. And so do you price them the same across all platforms or no? Ab absolutely not. We, uh, oh, we you're do evil. You evil capitalist, you. Well, well what it comes down to is um, you know, market research. We always price under uh, a little bit under what the, the market value is for that platform. And we always... Uh, our buyers are always pumped to get it for that price. We never try to milk more profit out of a out of one pair versus build a relationship with someone who's like, holy smokes, I got this for this price. I could resell this and make twenty or thirty bucks myself. That's our that's our 
niche. That brings two questions to mind, probably my, my two before I close with it. Um, one, um, do you have a profit target in mind? So, you know, it's either a percentage or a dollar amount um, that you have as a rule of thumb. And two, are you tracking that customer's data? And you said, oh, Steve, Steve bought a pair of Nikes and he's a size 12. And so, and he liked these black shoes. And then are you somehow capturing that data and then putting it in some kind of database with that information? So the answer is yes, we're capturing that data, not in any formal manner other than, you know, our classic Excel sheet on our phone. It's a little chaotic right now and there is some opportunities for us uh, moving forward to grow that we use, we try to use the tools that are within each marketplace in order to keep track of that, whether it's through the conversations, uh, that are saved, whether it's, uh, through comments on sold inventory that are kept, um, you know, things like that. But in terms of target margins, we're always trying to improve, you know, in 2018, we started 2018 at right around a 32, 33% profit margin average per pair. We're now uh, surpassing 50% profit margin while maintaining our sell-through rate while also uh, respecting the market value per shoes, which means we're getting better at sourcing, which means um, you know, we're doing a lot more research about what kind of shoes are selling on the marketplace. Uh, we're always looking at how to improve our numbers while respecting the market. Well, you guys have a very high sell-through rate. What's your percentage again? Right now, we're between 55 and 60%. See, when you say we've got this high sell-through rate, it's great. We love that, but then we're like, oh, crap, because our our problem right now is bringing in enough inventory to scale. We've plateaued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me. Everybody else is out there like, are you kidding me? That's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> Finding and the right we, inventory is the biggest problem for about that and money are the bigger problems. Here you are trying to figure out how to bring in more of the same inventory. That's a good problem to have, my friend. And and we agree with you and we would even we would even cross off uh how to bring in that inventory. We know how. We just need to get the capital. For example, Thursday we're going we mentioned it. We're going on a sourcing trip. We've been on this exact trip. It's a planned trip. We know all the spots. We've built relationships. Um, as we grow, we already know the 20, 30, 40, 50 extra spots that we're going to be able to incorporate our sourcing strategy into. The inventory is there. We have the space. We've got the time. Now we're uh, looking at capital uh, as our only problem to scale. You know, one, one more thing, and Lindsay, if you could answer this. This trip, so you're going to buy. Is yep. this is life going to happen while you're there? I mean, are you guys just you know because some one guy I interviewed he's like Steve, I'm a guy. I shop all day and then just go home, you know, eat, or go back to the hotel, eat and just go to bed and get up in the morning and do it again. Are you making sure that you guys live while you're doing these sourcing trips? Um, not really. Oh, um, so, I mean, we as Ryan was saying in the beginning, like the, we love it. Um, they're incredibly draining days mentally and physically. Um, so by the end of it, we are kind of in the same boat where we eat and, um, kind of rest up, but we do, we definitely take our time to do things like I'll go get my nails done every couple okay. weeks or I, you know, have my, um, usually like Tuesday nights, I have my girls night with my best friend and there's little things like that that are mixed in to kind of keep our sanity um, Ryan plays hockey all winter and things like that. Um, but on these trips, it really, it's about the business, Boom. all about sourcing, okay. but I mean, we'll, I don't know. I mean, we'll, 
here, here's, here's what we do. We, we build in a structured, again, respecting our time. We don't want to spend seven days sourcing, so we try to squeeze in these times. We plan out uh, you know, the trip so that we can be as efficient as possible. We intentionally save budget to stay in hotels where we feel comfortable. We know there's going to be good food. We uh, document and create funny videos, which is uh, fun for us along the way. But when we get home, it's like, hey, we've just put our, our, our heart and soul into this trip so that we can get the inventory that we know sells. Now let's take the next couple of days to process through that stuff. You know, have girls night. I'll play some hockey. We'll, we'll continue to walk the dog. Um, the next step is going to be incorporating people into our buying trips so that we won't have to even do the buying trips. Um, we'll be educating people on how to buy and we'll be providing the income to do it. Right. And so you just bring on team members there. And, and yeah. uh, you, you're outsourcing how many weeks a month or we how many days week. a month? Oh, every week. So it's two or yeah. three days every week, and then the other days are back at the place. Okay. All right. Very yeah. cool. Well, guys, I am. I love the intention. I love the thought. I love the tweaking. I love the it's not all or nothing. It's let's start here. Let's adjust. Let's adjust. Let's adjust because that's the way life is supposed to be. Yep. Um, but the planned... Uh, the, the patience, the all that self-awareness, it's such a big deal. And I just hope, I hope somebody listening here today says, wait, you mean I don't have to do all these other things that everybody else expects me to do? Yes, you're listening to young, two young people who are saying, nope, they're giving you permission. I mean, that's what I, I think this whole episode is, that Ryan and Lindsay are giving you permission to maybe look at another way. And I just think it's fabulous. All right, so I'm going to put your Instagram connection out here. I'm going to put your YouTube uh, channel out here, too, if that's okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank okay. You. And so if, if there's somebody who wants to follow up with you, the best way to get you guys? Instagram. I, okay. I, we, we are very efficient about answering questions. The door is wide open. Do not feel bad about any questions about, you know, there's no such thing as a silly question. We literally hundreds of questions come in every day and we respond to every single one of them. It's how we've grown. We ask people, we don't always get responses, but we ask people questions that are doing stuff at, at much higher level or where we want to be. And I think the if you're scared to ask the question, you're never going to grow. Yeah. And that's, Ooh. that's what we, we open the door. The mental real estate episode. I'm telling you, this is good. All right. The be, um, <laughs> say your, say your Instagram thing, just because of uh, people don't want to click through my website, which I'm fine with. It's Rinzy now, R N Z Y N O W Rinzy now. Instagram. Oh God. All right. So last question I always uh, end with, this is a podcast to help people who are stuck. People who are, you know, and they're stuck for a myriad of reasons. Could be financial, but a lot of the time it's mental. Um, and a lot of the time, I think it's this permission issue, right? They're waiting for somebody to give them permission, um, and they just need to look inside. So what's your best advice for somebody who's stuck, who just can't get past it? Uh, a lot of the uh, we're, it's easy as know your numbers. Uh, a lot of the answers to uh, whatever you're struggling with is in your numbers. And every time we have asked people that have reached out to us, hey, I'm struggling with this. We ask a simple question. Do you know why, you know, do you know why you're struggling? Do you know why you're not selling enough? Do you know, you know, knowing your numbers on a daily basis will allow you to see exactly why you're struggling. And then it, the next question is, how do I improve it? It's you got to pivot away and stop being romantic to what's not working. So know your numbers daily would be Ooh. our advice. 
And then you'd have a person like Lindsay reverse engineer it and figure it out what it takes. I love it. Yeah, you got it. You got to have right. more Lindsay in your life. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> everybody needs more Lindsay in their life. That's just so funny. <laughs> hey, I wish you guys nothing but success. Thank you so much. We appreciate Thank the you. time. So very cool. And I, I think this is such a powerful thing to take away from this, um, you know, this mental real estate uh, uh, that Ryan called it is so powerful. Um, the hassles that are coming along with other channels, if they're not worth it to you, find another way. Because it, rather than walk away, you've learned skills. You have skills. You're a good buyer. You're a good sourcer. You could take photos. You could create listings. But if you're not going to get treated right by a, um, by a platform because they're just not, then find other ways because guess what? These other platforms have realized that we're going to take away the hassles of shipping by making it simple to ship like on Poshmark. It is simple. Literally, you get a label. You put a label on the box and life is gone. I mean, it's gone. Very, very few returns. If those things are taken away um, and that is uh, important to you uh, to get that mental real estate back, please take advantage of it so you don't walk away because that just breaks my heart uh, to see you waste this, this life that can be for you. You have skills, so please take advantage of it. And reach out if I can help you in any way. Um, I get a lot of emails, and I, I, I reply to every single one. Um, it's Stephen at ecommercemomentum.com. Um, but... Listen to these guys. Go check them out on YouTube. Go check them out on Instagram. And just look again what's potential. These guys have figured it out, and I just love the fact that they do it together. So, so cool. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.